What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? <laughs> it's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard-run pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer... To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Good morning, Akron. It is time for the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. Some would even say the best sports talk show on this side of Lake Erie. You already know what time it is. It's time for Sports Power Talk right here on Z88. I am your host, Logan Congrove. I am back in the chair for the first time in two weeks. I'm back from my vacation, and I want to give a huge shout-out to Mr. Matt Permuka for sitting as the host for the last two weeks. He did an incredible job, as well as all the team members that were on Guys, we have a great show for you today with two fantastic analysts sitting on the other side of the desk, starting with Mr. Reliable, as I always call him, Mr. Logan Buchanan. How are you doing this fine Akron morning? I'm doing absolutely phenomenal on this amazing Akron morning. Beautiful. And on the other side of the desk, he is the biggest Zips fanatic that I know, almost to a point where it's delusional. <laughs> it is Mr. Patrick Weber. Pat, how are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing good, Logan. How, how about you? Doing great. Thrilled to be back in this chair and thrilled to be talking some sports. So let me give you the rundown of what you're going to get to hear today, starting off with an hour of MLB, which we have not done yet since I have taken over as sports director. So I'm super thrilled for this segment. It's going to be a lot of all-star game talk. We're going to talk about some headlines. And then during our second segment, we'll get into some Guardians talk as well as Hot Mike. For those of you who don't know what Hot Mike is, that is where you have your chance to be in on our show. Get your questions in on Twitter at WZIP Sports, and they will be answered live by the three of us. And then in our second hour, it's going to be an hour of NBA, talking some NBA Summer League as well as many NBA headlines to touch on. So let's dive right into it. I'm super excited. Starting off with the MLB All-Star Game, and that is the lineups. They did finally come out, the full lineups. So I'm going to run through these really quickly, and we'll give our thoughts and talk some snubs, talk some good picks. Starting off with the American League starters, we have catcher John Hain from the Rangers, first base Yanni Diaz from the Rays, former Cleveland Guardian, second base Marcus Seaman from the Rangers, third base Josh Jung from the Rangers, shortstop Corey Seager from the Rangers, Outfielder, outfielder Aaron Judd's injured, but he will not, so he will not play, but he was selected. Same with outfielder Mike Trout from the Angels, also injured and will not play. Outfielder Randy Arzena from the Rays. D.H. Shohei Otani from the Angels. That will also depend on his injury status. It hasn't been declared yet. And managing the American League is Dusty Baker from the Astros. Guys, what are your thoughts on the American League starters? 
There are way too many Texas Rangers <laughs> on that roster. I talked about this a little bit last week um, when I was on air, but I'm going to say it again. This is why the MLB should not have fan voting decide their all-star teams because all of those Rangers that are on the starting lineup except for maybe one of the players, in my mind, they don't deserve to be there. Other than Marcus Semien, nobody else deserves to be there. <laughs> and I just... I just don't agree with the fan voting because it's obviously, you know, if your team's doing the best in your division, you're probably going to have that entire fan base just spamming the votes for everybody. I mean, we saw it like in the NBA. We almost had Taco. Like if the NBA went off of their fan voting, right, we'd have like Taco Fall the one year (laughs) and JaVale McGee in the All-Star game. And it's kind of like, okay, so they don't do that. So it's like, why why do you do it for the MLB? Let the actual All-Stars play in this game. Don't just let the delusional super fans from every single team just spam vote their players in because it just kind of ruins it for everybody. Would you consider yourself to be one of those delusional fans when it comes to the Guardians, though, Mr. Patrick Weber? Listen, I love the Cleveland Guardians, <laughs> but I know when to cut it off on the delusions a little bit. Do you? <laughs> I, do I, you do, really? I do. Um, well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but still, it's like there, there's people, there are like fans that will legitimately think that 90% of those players deserve to be there, and I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. You know, no Matt Chapman. Really? Like, yeah. I, you know, he's like the number one. I'm just like kind of jumping the gun on like the snubs, but like, you know, you, you can't have all of these random players in, but like not have a player like Matt Chapman in the All-Star game. I think it's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Logan, what are your thoughts on the American League? Uh, I do think there's a lot of Rangers, although I disagree with you. I think that um, for both lineups, the catchers were like one of the best picked uh, positions there was. I mean, there really was no better options, in my opinion, than those two. Yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of Rangers, and um, to Pat's point, the fan voting is getting out of control. I think they should definitely reevaluate how that's done. Maybe do it more so like the NBA, because if you remember in the past with the NBA fan voting, dudes had like Zaza Pachulia in the starting lineup. <laughs> but obviously the NBA is not going to allow Zaza Pachulia to be in the starting there, lineup. There was at one point where Zaza Pachulia, I think, had more all-star votes than LeBron James. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, so. <laughs> the NBA corrected that, which is, I think the MLB should take the same stance, if we're being honest here. Because us as casual fans, of course we're going to vote for our team. We're going to spam vote, click, 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 click. Oh, Jose Ramirez, click, 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 click. Of course we're going to do that. So as a league, maybe look into that, correct it, mm. and just make it a little bit more spread out. Like, I, I didn't really, for people that are paying to go to the All-Star game, who's paying to go watch a Rangers game, yeah, essentially. essentially. Why would you want to go do that? Just go to the Rangers game, probably for like five bucks. <laughs> That's what the average ticket price for most baseball games are. I I don't know, I don't know what the deal is with fan voting, but it needs to be corrected because of all of those Rangers. Let's move over to the National League starters, though. You have catcher Sean Murphy from the Braves, first baseman Freddie Freeman from the Dodgers, second baseman Luis Arias from the Marlins, third baseman Nolan Arendo from the Cardinals. Shortstop Orlando Arkea from the Braves. Outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves. Outfielder Mookie Betts from the Dodgers. Outfielder Corbin Carroll from the Diamondbacks. DH J.D. Martinez from the Dodgers. And managing the National League is Rob Thompson of the Phillies. Pat, I'm going to flip it to you first. What are you thinking about the National League? See, I actually like the National League's lineup. I think there's it's a good variety of all-stars. You know, there's not one team completely taking it over. So I think that, like, the NL... I, 
like kind of hitting back to like last week a little bit. Um, the NL's lineup to me is kind of the perfect All Star lineup. I think everybody's pretty well represented, and I don't really see any big snubs in those lineups other than like Fernando Tatis, but I don't think he deserves an All Star spot this year personally. So I personally, I think the NL did it properly. I think that this lineup is probably. I'm rooting for the NL this year, personally, because of this. I'm just, you know, not one team's just taking it over, so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty similar. I'm pretty interested. Although I think the biggest snub from the All Star Game in general for both uh, sides, biggest snub overall is uh, the 2022 MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, first baseman for the Cardinals, didn't even get like any recognition and from what i researched he barely got mentioned in snub lists yeah i agree that's i I kind of agree with pat honestly i think this this lineup's okay but i also see your point i mean it's an mvp who even but but the mlb is the mlb is weird when it comes to who's your mvp because you can have an mvp season and then never be heard of again i kind of look at it as when Christian Yelich won the MVP in I think twenty twenty one, everybody was like, This guy's one of the best outfielders mm-hmm. in the game and like he's barely keeping his name on the roster mm-hmm. for like the Brewers right now. He's like kind of falling off the face of the earth, but that's just because baseball is extremely But we're just one year super off from it. You would think he would at least get an all star a look. Yeah. I totally agree. It's Pat has a great point actually that I, I didn't really think of it that way that there could be so much disconnect from guys year to year. I mean, look at the Guardians have players just like that that mm-hmm. just fall off. They just don't they don't make it the next year. Look at Corey Kluber for an example. Corey Kluber <laughs> did he win the Cy Young twice or just once? I think twice. Correct me if I, I'm wrong. I want to say it was twice. I think so. I mean, last I heard of him, he was getting lit up by the Guardians. He's not. He's off the face of the earth. Is there any way to like? fix that though like how would you go about fixing a player's ability to just drop off the face of the earth you see in baseball baseball i think longevity wise mm-hmm. is where a player can play the longest mm-hmm. cuz your your body obviously baseball baseball players are incredible athletes as well don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but their bodies are not taking the hits and the the grit and grind of football basketball they're not getting hit mm-hmm. they're not physically hurting their bodies as much as other sports. So longevity in baseball, and that's a, this is a nod to baseball, not a not a diss. Longevity in baseball is way stronger than other sports. So guys like Corey Kluber, that's why they're still hanging around. How long, I mean, did is Miguel Cabrera, is he retiring this year? He, I believe he is, but I mean, Dude, you got to look at how old he years. is. <laughs> I just had a Snapchat memory from six years ago. With I was at a, a then-Indians game. Another example, Victor Martinez. Dude was in the league for so long. Mm-hmm. It's another example right now is I mean Joey Votto. He's still playing like pretty pretty well, but mm-hmm. I think in baseball with it's a very young down. team around him. Exactly. I think though that in baseball it just comes down to like consistency. If mm-hmm. you can be super consistent with how you play, you'll have a very long career. If you can't and only have like one or two standout seasons, you will disappear off the face of the earth very quickly. Yeah, you definitely will. Because you got to think, all it takes is one player getting sent down into the minors, and then you'll never hear their name yeah. again. Like that's once all it really takes. Once you're down in the minors and stay down, forget it. You're not. That's, you're not coming. That's back. the cruelty of the MLB. That's the cruelty of playing in the big leagues. Is 
it, longevity is there, but it's also difficult to stay relevant for very long. But let's move into the reserves for the American League, starting off with catcher Salvador Perez from the Royals, catcher Adley Rutzman from the Orioles, first baseman Vladimir Guerrero from the Blue Jays, second baseman Whit Merrifield from the Blue Jays, short sealed Bo Bichelet from the Blue Jays, third baseman Jose Ramirez from the Guardians, shortstop Wender Franco from the Rays. He replaces Aaron Judge in the starting lineup. He was originally a reserve. Outfielder Luis Robert Jr. from the White Sox. Outfielder Austin Hayes from the Orioles. Outfielder Adelis Garcia from the Rangers. Outfielder Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners. He's going to replace Jordan Alvarez in the starting lineup. Outfielder Kyle Tucker from the Astros. He's going to replace Mike Trout. And D.H. Brent Rooker from the Athletics. What do you guys make of the reserves? And I think there's a key snub here that we all know. And let's see if we say I'll kick it to you guys first. Let's see if we say the same name. Well, personally speaking, uh, and I won't clown you for being a homer if you say where's Josh Naylor. Where is Josh Naylor? Like, I wouldn't say he's the biggest snub on this list, but he is definitely one of the biggest all-star snubs. Where's Josh Naylor? And I mean, that just goes down. We've been talking about this for it has to be months now that Cleveland just doesn't get the eyes on it we as it should. I mean, Josh Naylor has been our ace in the hole. How many games? I mean, this season, probably the majority of games, we've looked for Josh Naylor to hit that shot. He has won us more games than I can count. That's what I'm saying. And, I mean, no hate to Ramirez or uh, Classe, but do both of them deserve it over Naylor? Jose, yeah. I don't know about Classe, though. That's what I'm saying. Classe's been... His re- his record annoying. doesn't his record doesn't reflect how good he's been this season. If I'm being honest with you, absolutely not. But I don't think he deserved it over Josh Naylor. That's what I'm saying. Where is Josh Naylor? Like I'm sorry, it's just I completely agree. As a Guardians fan, you know Cleveland, we are overlooked very heavily when it comes to athletics as a whole, and that's because I mean we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. I'm I'm gonna keep like reflecting on it last week because this is kind of like relating to mm-hmm. it. Uh, we talked about, I don't know if you guys heard, but we talked about how the Cleveland Browns alone have influenced how people look at athletics in Northeast Ohio so much. Like That's why nobody really looks to Cleveland to be a good sports city mm-hmm. because of the Browns. And it kind of it goes back to that a little bit. You know, we don't, we don't get looked at for baseball at all because people, I mean, it, to be fair, it is kind of hard to want to give credit to a team that we've been around for how long and we haven't won a World Series since 1948, but we're a very, very good team. We have the players. Look at our roster. Look at the stats. Just stop stop giving these spots to players that don't deserve it. Yeah, and I mean, the, the other Josh Naylor does. The other hard part, uh, this goes back to the fan voting thing. How many actual watchers of baseball are watching multiple teams, watching multiple divisions? Unless you're an analyst like us or a diehard baseball fan you're only watching the team you like or your division at most you're only or maybe you catch a game at uh at a restaurant or something but you're not going out of your way to go watch a Rays game to go watch an athletics a dodgers game like no you're you're gonna watch your home team or you're gonna watch the division maybe maybe that's as far as you go so and our division isn't exactly we're the worst division. The in most baseball. stellar one to watch. <laughs> we are, we're the worst so, division in baseball. I can definitely see why people aren't watching Cleveland baseball. It makes sense. It doesn't. I mean, it just goes along with that. Like, I don't know a single person that doesn't watch their home team except for my roommate, mm-hmm. and that's just because he's a Reds fan. So he'll watch some Guardians games because they're obviously broadcasted up here. Yeah. 
the Reds aren't covered as much up here. So mm-hmm. like, that's like the only outlying exception that I really know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. There's a lack of interest in Cleveland baseball, unfortunately, and that makes an impact on the lineups and all-star voting because we're also a small market team, which yeah. means only people that are voting for our hometown players, unless you're a super baseball fan and just know everything, are Cleveland, and we're a small market. Mm-hmm. As much as much as Cleveland loves this team and as much as we have the love for the team around, it's hard to get these votes in for, guy, for more than one guy. Yeah, I mean... I definitely would agree that Josh Naylor is a big snub, big snub. But Jose Ramirez making it in is good. Emmanuel Clase making it in is good as well, even though he's not attending due to the expectancy of his child. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that here in a second when, when I say who his replacement will be. But let's get into the National League Reserves. Catcher Will Smith from the Dodgers. Catcher Elias Diaz from the Rockies. First baseman Matt Olson from the Braves. First baseman Pete Alonso from the Mets. Second baseman Ozzie Albies from the Braves. Third baseman Austin Riley from the Braves. Shortstop Dansby Swanson from the Cubs. Outfielder Lords Gurley Jr. from the Diamondbacks. Outfielder Nick Castanellos from the Phillies. Outfielder Juan Soto from the Padres. And DH Jorge Soler from the Marlins. Guys, what is your take on the National League Reserves? I like it, but... There's one player that I'm not seeing, and it's I know I already mentioned one player. That's Fernando Tatis, but he has a little bit of a different uh, different situation going on with his career right now, and why he didn't get it. Why I'm fine that he didn't get it. Uh, but the player that I kind of want to look at that he's not there is where's Cattell Marte? Mm-hmm. I think Cattell Marte is one of the best outfielders in the MLB, and there's just a hole right where he mm-hmm. should be. And all of the Nick Castellanos, don't get me wrong, but. What really has, like, I don't think he's been playing better than Cattell Marte to earn that spot. I agree. Personally speaking. I know he's, like, a more of a meme player. If you are on MLB TikTok, you kind of know what I'm hinting at, but it's kind of the theme that whenever something bad happens, Castellanos will go off in a game and hit a home run mm-hmm. or a couple home runs. But, like, outside of that, like, he, he does not deserve an all-star spot. He, he I feel like he's mainly there as a media name. And for the memes, you know what I mean? Like, he's definitely that one of the meme players that got slipped in there, in my opinion, because he didn't deserve to be in there over Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte is sitting with 15 home runs and 44 RBIs, and he's almost batting 290. So, and you you want to put Castellanos in over? I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, absolutely. Great point, Pat. I would. He was my snub as well. I think, again, and it's even tougher with the reserves. There's definitely a lot of people that can be switched in and out, a lot of people that deserve to be on this lineup. Mm-hmm. But with injuries, you know, some people get their opportunities, some people there don't. There are so many injuries There's around this All-Star injuries. game. Yes. A lot of stuff. I mean, uh, especially, um, I mean, not just injuries, but like you said, the expectancy of a child. Like, this this All-Star game really got spun on its head with everything. Well, there's more injuries in the AL, honestly, if you take a look at the rosters. Mm-hmm. But that's also because... I don't want to be that, like, Ooh. I don't want to be the Mike Trout's hurt again guy, but I'm going to be that, I'm going to be the Mike Trout's hurt again guy where it's like, don't get me wrong, Mike Trout is one of the best baseball players in the world right now, mm. but I would rather, I if it came down to me betting between if Anthony Davis is going to be healthy <laughs> or if Mike Trout's going to be healthy, I'm taking Anthony Davis wow. over Mike Trout. Wow. Okay, I'm sorry, but like... I mean, don't get me wrong. It's good that – I don't want to say it's good that when some injuries happen, but when you have to have these reserves fill in mm-hmm. and then 
you know, some snubs actually will eventually work their way into the All-Star game as reserves because, you know, you have to fill in the slots for those players that are going to be missing it. But I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, you, we can keep voting Mike Trout in, but when was the last time he actually played in yeah. the All-Star mm-hmm. game? Like, I feel like he's an All-Star every single year. And then every single year it's like, oh, hey, this guy's replacing Mike Trout because he got hurt again. Yeah. Mike Trout is pretty He's, pretty injury prone. <laughs> I don't again, not trying to be that guy, but I'm I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> stop yeah. stop getting hurt, Mike Trout. Like, I don't know. You're a phenomenal player, but you just, you just can't stay healthy for the life of him. <laughs> it's glass bones. Facts. Glass bones indeed. Before we get close to our first break, let's talk about the pitchers. For the American League, it's going to be Shohei Otani. It says he's unlikely to pitch in the All-Star game due to a finger issue, but it appears he will probably hit if he's healthy enough, just Mm -hmm. not pitch. Garrett Cole from the Yankees, Luis Castillo from the Mariners, Sonny Gray from the Twins, Nathan Eovaldi from the Rangers, Kevin Gaussman from the Blue Jays, Shane McClellan from the Rays, he's injured, will not play in the All-Star game, Framber Valdez from the Astros, Michael Lorenzen from the Tigers, Kenley Jansen from the Red Sox, Emmanuel Clase from the Guardians, Felix Bautista from the Orioles, Yenier Cano from the Orioles, and George Kirby from the Mariners, he's replacing Shane McClellan, who is injured. Take it away, guys. Thoughts on the American League pitching lineup? I like the lineup. I'm not, it, I'm not mad very, at it at all. It, it's a very, very good roster overall. Personally, I think they, I, I think every single one of the pitchers that you just listed off deserve to be mm-hmm. in the All-Star game, and I'm glad that they are. Uh, honestly, I think that, personally, I, I think the pitching rotation is ultimately, like, it's kind of what's saving the AL from me just being completely mad at it. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of them. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's many many incorrect picks there, I should say. Uh, lots of great names. Obviously, Emmanuel Clase, who isn't playing, but good for him for making it. Um, wouldn't I actually would not have guessed that at the start of the season that Clase would be on that list, but I'm glad I wouldn't either, but like I said, he, he's been playing better as of late. His record just doesn't reflect that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for the National League, it's going to be Zach Gallen from the Diamondbacks, Spencer Strider from the Braves, Bryce Elder from the Braves, Justin Steele from the Cubs, Mitch Keller from the Pirates, Josiah Gray from the Nationals, Clayton Kershaw from the Dodgers, injured, will not play in the All-Star game, Marcus Stroman from the Cubs, Alexis Diaz from the Reds, Josh Hatter from the Padres, Devin Williams from the Brewers, Camilo Doval from the Giants, and David Bednar from the Pirates. He's going to replace Clayton Kershaw. Thoughts on the National League pitching lineup? Once again, I'm just not mad at it. I think it's, I think it's a good lineup of pitchers. I'm a big fan of Justin Steele. I'm not going to lie to you. I have his card in MLB The Show. This is this is the little <laughs> bit of homerism to me. That, he has won me so many games. Like, I've thrown, I think, three no-hitters with him in online The Show, so I have a soft spot for Justin Steele, and I'm very, very happy that he's an all-star. For those That's of you who are not aware, Patrick Weber is obsessed with MLB The Show. <laughs> I'm like Any sports game, other, okay, okay, any sports game other than Madden, I will play a lot. And I say that, but like the minute that Madden actually what do you drops, got Madden? I'll... the Steelers never rated good. No, that's, <laughs> oh, don't. I don't think we need to go there right now. We don't. Pat's not in the right. State. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> listen, I will. Yeah, I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the Steelers right now. <laughs> but no, it's just that I think. First of all, I thought NCAA was better than Madden. It's first of all, reasonable. but also, like. I don't know. Out of all the EA games that I've played, Madden just, like, it makes me the most mad. Madden makes you mad? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. uh, 
<laughs> that was funny. Completely off topic, but fix your game, EA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think the National League is a decent lineup as well. Not many issues with pitching, other than, again, it seems like all the big names are the ones that are injured, too, like Clayton Kershaw, Mike Trout, all the guys who, for casual MLB fans, immediately recognize are never, ever healthy for this game, which is disappointing. But before we head to break, let's hit on the home run derby. We'll play on words there for the listeners. <laughs> Stop laughing at me, guys. But here is the bracket for the home run derby. It's going to be number one, Luis Robert Jr. versus number four, Alice Garcia. Number seven, Julio Rodriguez versus number six, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then number four, Alice Garcia versus number six, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Who do you have, or excuse me, I don't know why it read that way. Okay, it's going to be Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. <laughs> Mookie Betts versus Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then it's going to be Robert Jr. versus Rutzman and Garcia versus Orenza. Guys, who is your favorite to win the home run derby out of that bracket? Jake Murr a goat is going to love hearing me say this, but oh, I like right. Adley Rutschman in this Ooh. one. I think he's the sleeper pick, honestly, but... I, I have two very hot takes on it. Like, okay, so the final, at least for me, I have Adley Rutschman going up against Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I just think that Rutschman, I think he'll be able to bring it home. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> I, uh, my favorite for this is actually Garcia. I think he has the ability to just hit fantastic shots, and his only real big weakness in like the game in hitting isn't actually a factor in the home run derby. So I think he actually is going to have a very strong, strong showing and would be my favorite to win. I'm going to go with Pete Alonzo, guys. I'm going to go with Pete Alonzo. I like Pete Alonzo. Got to go with the guy who has historically been winning it, and he's just he's a good hitter. And I like See, I think if you're asking me person, if you're asking me, I think uh, there's a snub for the home run derby. Uh, I don't see Danny Vogel back on there. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you guys know, so for any <laughs> for any MLB fans out there who get the joke with Danny Vogel back, they they'll they'll know. No, Danny Boyges. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> I'm telling you, no. At, at at the break, go go look it up. You'll oh, you'll yeah. get a, you'll get a good laugh out of some Danny Burgess memes. <laughs> you you heard him, and it is time for the break. So make sure you do what Patrick Weber just said. And when we come back, we're gonna talk. A little bit more MLB baseball, some MLB headlines. You won't want to miss it, so stick with us right here on Z88. What is going on, guys? We are back from our first break, and we are talking baseball. For those of you who don't know or just tuning in, this is Sports Power Talk right here on Z88. I am your host, Logan Congrove. Back from my vacation and joining me on the other side of the desk is Mr. Logan Buchanan. Hello, hello. And Mr. Patrick Weber. Good morning, Akron. You know, guys, did you do what Patrick said? (laughs) Go look up the Danny Burgess videos. They are... Quite literally my favorite thing on the internet. You heard the man. You might got to go do it. For anybody who doesn't know, Daniel Vogelback might genuinely be the most unathletic human to ever be given to the face of the earth. L- little PSA. <laughs> little PSA. Do not look at those memes while driving. <laughs> do not look he's, at those uh, memes while driving. Yeah, but Daniel... No, and like the whole meme with Daniel Vogelback is he's been like seen in the dugouts like during Mets games eating hot dogs <laughs> and stuff. So... 
He's just the MLB player right there. Hey, man. I <laughs> That's mean... my MLB player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, we have a lot of MLB headlines we're going to touch on. If you missed the first segment of the show, we talked about the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Lots of great stuff there. But let's talk some headlines, starting off with probably the most interesting player in baseball on the most interesting team in baseball, and that is De La Cruz from the Reds. And for those of you who don't, who did not see it, he got bat-checked in the middle of the game. Not not the, the bat side of his bat. They checked the bottom half of his bat. Dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then when the bat check was over and it proved to be nothing wrong, dude hits a homer with that same bat and he just throws it. It was incredible. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. What did you guys make of De La Cruz's little act right there? Well, I mean, there was no reason to check his bat. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just good. He, yeah, I don't like when the MLB does that stuff. I I just think well. that, well, I mean, I can understand from like, I can understand why you would want to do it because he is a rookie. But the things that Ellie De La Cruz has been doing, rookies normally don't do. So I could understand why they would want to check his bat, but at the same time, it's like he did, there's nothing wrong with his bat. Like you said, Logan, he's just he's good. And man, what a what a him moment to throw it after that he's is hitting a him. Moment. Just he like for right now, that's probably a highlight of his career is getting the bat check. I don't know because that game too, or a couple games after this one, he also stole second, third, and oh home. yeah, that dude is on fire. <laughs> he's crazy. He is the he's I, him. I would argue to say that Ellie De La Cruz is becoming well. He is already. I would argue. Well, I'm not going to say this yet, but I would say he's already become a face of the Reds franchise mm. on that team already. I disagree until Joey Votto retires. Well, that, that, that's why I said, but I'm still saying that like right now it's, it's Votto. For sure. Like for me at least, it's like when I think of the Reds, I think. Joey Votto right now, obviously, and then like the next player that I think of is Ellie De La Cruz. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the Reds, they are red hot. They are the hottest team in baseball and probably, in my opinion, the most interesting team in baseball. And that's a question I wanted to pose to you guys. Do you think that the Reds are the most interesting team in baseball right now? And if not, who is? Yes, they are. This is like Moneyball, but it's, it's like Moneyball all over again, man. This is just like watching the A's. Mm-hmm. It, it's incredible. It's insane. Because if you recall, at the beginning of the season, their attendance was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was awful. And ever since they called up Ellie De La Cruz, they've been incredible. I, I wouldn't think that one rookie would be able to turn around a franchise like this. He I like, was so wrong. When they so come, wrong. If they were, I'm not sure if they already have or if they're on the schedule. If the Reds come to Cleveland, that would make me interested to go to the game. They actually, I believe they are coming to Cleveland, I think, towards the end of August. As a casual, that would make me interested to go to the game. Just to watch. Yeah. Just to see it. Well, I, and by that time, too, it'll be interesting because I think that, personally, by that time, I think the Guardians, we will officially, like, we'll be comfortably in first place in mm-hmm. the AL Central. So there could be a chance that when the Reds come to play at Progressive Field that you're going to have the number one in both divisions be both the teams in Ohio mm-hmm. facing off against each other. I think that'd be kind of cool. Like, could you could you imagine like hypothetically like if you had a Reds versus Guardians World Series? Oh, it that be could crazy. happen. It would be. It would definitely. It would. It would fix what we've been talking about, and it would instantly bring eyes to not only Cleveland but Ohio as a whole in all the sports in Ohio. It would have eyes on us for the next two three years. Yeah, and like we've talked about, longevity in baseball is huge. So this guy has the chance to have a very promising career yeah. with the Reds. And maybe keep the Reds to be relevant because they haven't really been in a while. Well, 
here's the thing with the Reds that you got to realize is he's there now. You know, Elliot De La Cruz is making this huge splash, but uh, when it comes time to pay him, <laughs> he's going to be worth some money. Oh no, the, the Reds won't pay him. They'll just they'll ship him off in like four years from now. That's, it's it's just what the to, Reds didn't do. they do that to Todd Frazier one year? Um, they did it to Todd Frazier. Honestly, it just kind of goes with. Small market. Back to that small market. And it really is a small market team. So, I mean, but that's the thing. that It boils down to the owners have to pay the money. Mm-hmm. And the Reds just simply, they, well, they, like, here's the thing. I know they're the hottest team in baseball right now, like, but they are one of the most poorly ran organizations. Yeah. Like, behind the scenes-wise, they are very poorly ran. The, the. The hope for this is that with all these amazing games and these highlight real players, you're going to get fans in seats and they're going to be paying up their money in concessions, in merch, in just going to the games, and now you have some stock to pay these young guys and keep them around. Well, I mean, the fans are definitely there. From mm-hmm. what I've seen at Great American, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing uh, games where... It's almost completely full there, and I had I personally haven't seen Great American that full since I used to be a Cincinnati mm-hmm. Reds fan when I grew up back in my hometown when I would go to Great American, and that was back in like the early 2000s when mm-hmm. Brandon Phillips was on the team, Jay Bruce, all like the old, well, I don't say like old school, but like the older players. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a cool feeling and a cool thing to see, but again, it just boils down where the... Like I said, behind the scenes, the Reds are one of the most poorly ran organizations because they are very unwilling to pay their young guys. <clears throat> Which know, it, it you know it, it, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Sounds like what we used to do. Uh, used you know, to maybe maybe <laughs> you know maybe the Reds will will swing it around we, because I think Cincinnati is becoming. We paid one player the money he deserved True. one time, one time. When it comes time to pay Shane Bieber, for example, which we'll, we'll get we'll, to. No, that. we will. We'll keep him. I don't know. And that's we'll get to that when we talk about Shane Bieber, but I don't know that we'll pay him. I I, I think just we don't will. think that I hope not. The Guardians What do you mean you hope I, not? I just don't want him. Really why don't, don't you want Shane? Okay, okay. You know what Hold then? On. This Hold might on. be a good time Hold to just on. transition to this topic now. Why topic, why don't you want Shane Bieber? I think it's just the like we looking at his trajectory from right now, I think it's only going to go down. And what we need to do is get him off the team. He's a Cy Young winner. I understand that. I'm I'm with Logan. I think his what? value is where it should be. And if they're going to get anything out of him, it should be now. No, they, they, no, no, they need to sell is... him now. So that way, I mean, if we keep him for one more year, his stock's going to be dropped. We're not going to get him for as much as we can right now. But, but okay, why do we want to get rid of him? So that way we can get some young guys, pay them less money, and train them harder, get that drive behind them, and fill that spot. I don't think we need Shane Bieber. But okay, here, here's the thing: we do need Shane Bieber. We have, outside of Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, we have practically nobody that for I now, am comfortable with us putting on the mound. There, I, we have nobody that I am comfortable putting on the mound at all. Mm, I think I think you're a little tripping on that one. I'm not. Well, here's here's my thing: is we're a rebuilding team. Shane Bieber, I know he's aging. He's not the same young Cy Young winner that we once had on the team. But he's still one of the star pitchers in this league. He's our ace. And if we get rid of our ace in the middle of the season, you're going to have nobody to lead this team. And I don't want to get rid of him because in a world where Tristan McKenzie is our number one guy, and then we have Bybee as probably our, he's probably our second best starting option right now. I'm not taking that. I'm not. 
comfortable. I think it's time. I, I don't think. I think his value is exactly. It, where his it value is where it is, but I think that we should why retain him. you capitalize on that if you know that other teams are. And actually, say the Guardians do want to pay him. He I'd has, be okay with this. He has if, no connection to Cleveland. He's from Southern California. He doesn't have any family here, nothing. He'll leave. If he gets any amount of money that's more to leave Cleveland, I promise you he will. I'd have to see if I'd have to see if like if we are to get rid of him, you know, the return value. That's because unless we're so getting another well, star let me in pose return. That question to you. Yeah. What is his return? Or if I think a, we at least need another star, or at least an up and coming star that is like ready to go and that can be a serviceable pitcher coming out of the gate. For and us I think if we're we can. I mean, I was looking. We were talking about uh, buyers and sellers coming up to this deadline, and I think Cleveland needs to be both. They need to be selling and buying back. We need you know, bats. Yeah, we just need. There, there are two areas that I want us to improve. Let's hear it. And that is, we here's the thing. I love Josh Bell. But he is not consistent enough. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, a player I'd like to see us bring in for a DH slash outfield reserve player is I want us to try to maybe get Jock Peterson. I think he'd be great to have the team. I know he's a little more, he's a little pricey for probably what we'd be willing to pay. Yeah, I'm also fine with our outfield. I don't think we need any new additions out there. Yeah, but then also, I'm just looking more as like a DH spot that yeah. or we need to improve at shortstop. Yeah, I agree with shortstop I, 100%. Listen, I love Ahmed Rosario, but no. Hey, good hitter. Good hitter. But actually, in his position, I he think is he is a defensive liability. Absolutely. Yeah. And we honestly, if we were to get a more defensive shortstop and then have Ahmed go in at the DH, yeah, I, I wouldn't be, be mad with that. I'd be fine with that. Because, again, no offense to Josh Bell, but he's just not cutting it right yeah, now. It was, he, he's, he's still very serviceable. Like, he can definitely be a player that we will slot in when, you know, some guys need some rest, but. Right now, he's just not cutting it. I agree, and I think I think we're able to do that if we give up Shane Bieber. We can get in return more for this year and down the line. If okay, hypothetically, I'm gonna drop like a, this hyper like okay. the hypothetical uh, trade scenario. Would you be opposed? And I'm gonna kind of ask this to both of you guys, but would you be opposed to us giving Shane Bieber to the New York Yankees? If it meant in return we could get Nestor Cortez. I would need another contract. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. If hypothetically, and again, this is me, where I mm-hmm. I want us to keep Shane Bieber, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of return value that I'm expecting. Like minimum is a player swap like that where like, we, we can give up Shane players, Bieber though. and yeah, but like you know what I mean? Like I, I have to at least have a star like up and coming pitcher mm-hmm. or a, another star pitcher like Nestor Cortez I need to have like a return value of him plus something else I think I would rather have a up-and-coming pitcher and an up-and-coming shortstop because I think you could get both of those in return for Shane Bieber for the right price which is why I say we also need to be buying as well as selling you need to also throw in your hat with a uh couple monetary gains towards the whatever team you're trading with or multi-team that you're trying to go towards and get in a younger shortstop and a younger pitcher and mold them because what they what they need right now for this guardians team is to mold the entire team around each other it, it seems like we have bits and pieces of greatness just sitting here on the team that have no connection to each other that's what we need and i think getting a younger group and it's going to be easier to meld that together and to get 
uh, the great offense that we desperately need. We need the offense to get up, uh, plus those defensive woes. Yeah, we do need the offense, but I mean, I just don't know what team because if if we could get a two for one, I I'm going to be honest with you too. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if we honestly, like, I don't want to sound like. You know, I'm not all behind Ahmed Rosario, but if a team were to be interested in buying him off of us, yeah, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad either. It, just, it all just depends on. But now, if we're selling Shane Bieber, like kind of like back to that, like I said, like I need like a Nestor Cortez mm-hmm. plus a one other one, options coming absolutely. in. Absolutely, like, I agree. I, I need somebody that can come in and like they don't have to be as good as Shane Bieber, but they better be ready to go day one. And I want to feel. Like comfortable with them pitching. I don't want to look at my phone, see that they're starting, and go, "Oh my god, we're going to lose this game by like six. Because that's like how I am with every single pitcher the Guardians have right now. I look at my phone and I'm like, "Yeah, we're going to lose by about five right now." Mm. So that's why it's like I don't know if I'm comfortable giving up Shane Bieber because he's the only like he's the only player I'm comfortable with. Like that's one of like he's our he's our ace. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with anybody else being our ace right no. now. You know who I'm absolutely not comfortable with being our ace? Cal Quantrill. That guy How is, is terrible. Cal that guy is terrible. Still <laughs> on the mound. With all these young guys, how are you still choosing, as Terry Francona, to start Cal Quantrill? He's bad. Either move him to the bullpen or send him down. He is terrible. He is going out there and just, he just does nothing. He goes out there and I can see the urine running down his leg. <sighs> It's it, no, it, it's true. He's scared. And he's, he, I don't, I don't get what his issue is. Guys who are better than him. I don't get what his issue is because I mean, I mean to be fair though, going into this season, I was kind of telling a lot of people, I'm like, hey, I'm like, we should get rid of Plesac and Quanchel right now, and everybody was like, why, why would we do Plesak that? Plesac was and bad. I was like, I was like, well, first of all, Plesac, like he's already waning. I'm like, so if we want any value out of him, get rid of him now before the season starts, and people are going to actually see how bad he is. Well, people are seeing how bad he is now, so we're, we won't get anything out of him. The same thing with Quantrill. I don't think that either one of those guys are reliable enough at all, which is an issue because normally it's weird, right? Because normally Cleveland baseball, like when that's all we have mm-hmm. is good pitching. But now for once it's like our offense is more serviceable than it has been in years past, but our pitching is so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw the stats that – the Guardians bullpen is like number two in the AL. I was, I was just like, about to bring that up when you. I couldn't this. believe it because I was like, okay, between our starting pitching, like our starting pitching alone, horrible. It is terrible. Our, our starting pitching, it's probably the worst I've seen out of a Cleveland baseball team in a very long time. I mean, statistically speaking, it's legitimately a flip. The people in our bullpen should be starting, and the majority of our starters should be in the bullpen. And it's ridiculous. I completely agree. It's ridiculous that the coaches aren't thinking this. I, I it has to be something in the contract. It also blows my mind that there's still a free agent out there, and I know that he was not playing well at all. But Madison Bumgarner is still a free agent. Mm-hmm. Nobody signed Madison Bumgarner. We're talking that he's one of the greatest pitchers, in my opinion. He's one of the, he's going to be remembered as one of the greatest pitchers of this era mm-hmm. of baseball, this generation. I'm gonna and he and he's a free agent, so I'm over here like okay, like I understand he wasn't playing well with the Diamondbacks at the start of the season, but you know if we're, if if you're a team like the Guardians, like us, we're looking to get rid of Shane Bieber, and we don't know what return we're gonna get. Madison Bumgardner, like <laughs> he's still there. I'm I guarantee you, you put him on the mound for us, 
even though I know that our starting pitching has been very bad, I guarantee you, though, you put him on the mound, and he will do just fine for us. I'm going to read off the stats for our bullpen. I have them here. For walks and hitting, hits per inning, it's going to be first with a 1.16. Home ERA, first, 2.28. Opponent average is second with a .219. And ERA total is second with a 3.12. That's the Guardians mm-hmm. bullpen right now. Our bullpen and starting pitching flopped. Absolutely. They, they, they switched positions. Because at the beginning of the year, if you guys remember in the group chats all the time, bullpen it, would, it, would, it would be... Shane Bieber just threw seven perfect innings, mm-hmm. and then we pulled him because he's getting tired. And then it would be we put in like Karen Jack or somebody, and the next thing you know, we're losing by five. But now it's like we're coming out of the gate giving up six to seven runs by the third inning, and then we don't give up anything else the rest of the game. Yeah, I I can't stand it. I mean, I I went and covered uh, the game Monday, and for the first seven, the first set of innings, we're just giving up. Everything, And then after, I think it was the fifth inning, we only had a couple of the Braves on base. We had a couple, I think, two innings where only one person or zero people even made it to first. What? Why aren't we flipping? It, it seems like either there's something in the contract that the coaches are just like, no, we have to keep it this way, or they just made a decision at the beginning of the season and are too stubborn to change it. I also just think that right now where our starting pitching is, at least like right now, because you got to think at the, at the beginning of the season, even though I think our starting rotation, honestly, like I know it, it's still pretty bad. I think it's a little bit better now, though. But at the beginning of the season, like before Polisak decided that he didn't remember how to throw baseball, same with Quantrill, um, it almost seemed like we were fine. Like, I don't want to say we were fine, but now it's definitely with us giving up all these early runs. That's just the inexperience. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why when, like, again, kind of going back to the Shane Bieber thing, I know we keep going back, but, like, that's why I'm not comfortable with giving him up because we have no experience in our starting rotation if he is gone and we do not get a play to replace him. Because at that point, our most experienced starting pitcher is going to be Cal Quantrill. For sure. And I'm not comfortable with it. Who would be? Why would you be? And guys, or go ahead, Logan. Yeah, I just think we need to start, I mean, I've been saying this for a minute, we need to start implementing these younger guys, these new talent that we've been building up, and implement them into this starting rotation to allow for a more confident pitching. I mean, they already are putting in the numbers and they're putting in the stats. They just need to get those longer games, go into four, five, six, seven inning games and really see if they can shine. And if they can, I don't see why we need to keep a guy like Sean, uh, Sean, Shane Bieber or uh, Qualtrill around at all. I don't think we do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And Logan, before we get into our hot mic segments and our MLB player of the week, before we get to that, I wanted to ask you guys this. The Guardians game on Friday mm-hmm. was against the Royals was one hour and 51 minutes long. That mm-hmm. is the shortest game in progressive field history. Yep. What that shows me is these pitch clock rules are working. Mm-hmm. But as a casual, if you're a casual fan and you just like to go and watch the game, mm-hmm. is that too short? Because for me, I think that's almost too short. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. And... Looking at it, not only is this the shortest game in progressive field history, but it's an it's only an hour longer than the shortest MLB game ever. Ever. 
an hour longer. I mean, when you when think think back five, six, seven, ten years ago, when you thought of baseball, you thought of an afternoon spent at the ball game or um, an evening spent at the ball game. You're spending multiple hours there for relatively cheap tickets. You're getting that full experience, and now we have these shorter games. I remember when sitting in the in the press box covering the game for WZIP, a lot of the people there were surprised how long the game lasted. They were like, wow, game's over already. We're in the eighth inning already. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're right. We are already in the later half of the game, and it's only been an hour or so. Right. Pat, what do you make? Do you think that the games are – do you think that game is too short? If you're a casual MLB fan, is that game too short? If you're – if I'm a casual fan, no. No, I don't I don't think it is. I think that shorter games now are more appealing to the casual viewers. That's what they're kind of trying to do is they're trying to kind of and again, it's not really like a bad thing to take away from the diehard fans. Like me personally, I don't like that the games are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. But overall from a league standpoint, I think they need to be shorter because you because casual fans don't want to spend their entire afternoon watching one game. You want to watch like at least two or three and if you're watching two or three games that are, you know, three-plus hours long, it's almost like... See, I, I Personally, I wouldn't do that if, if, I was ca- if I was a casual fan. Right? I you know agree what I mean? if you're watching it from TV, but if you're going out to the ball game, if you're going out and sitting in the stadium, in, in actually in the field, I think you want to be there for a few hours. You want to be there uh, for those longer games, because that's the experience I, I'd say you're like, getting. I'd say like two hours and 15 minutes is like the perfect length for a baseball game. So I think that with how short that Friday's game was, okay, I, d- I will say that game, that was a pretty short game. We're talking under two hours. But I'm saying like two hours, 15 minutes to about two hours and 30 minutes, that is like the perfect amount of time that you want to be at a sporting event. I just don't think that having games that are like three plus hours work for the league. But I also don't think that having games that might run less than two hours are also really appealing to a lot of fans either because you know like you kind of said you want to spend time at the stadium you want to be able to kind of get your money's worth of the experience because some of those tickets can be expensive but overall I I don't think that having the shorter games are an issue for baseball I just don't think that having them like that short is something you want to have gotcha absolutely and guys as we near our second break of the morning it's time for the MLB Player of the Week segment. For those of you who don't know what this is, MLB Player of the Week segment is where each of us pick our favorite MLB player of the week for any reason. It can be baseball-related or not. Each analyst picks one and explains why. I'm going to kick it to Patrick first. Who is your MLB Player of the Week? Well, we already talked about him a little bit during uh, the past two segments, but it's well, my player of the week is Mr. Ellie De La Cruz. Mm. I can't not give it... I, I can't give the player of the week to anybody else other than the most exciting rookie in baseball right now. And honestly, between him just bat flipping, basically the umpires after they checked his bat and wouldn't let him use it for one of his at bats, to him stealing oh, yeah, second, third, and home, mm-hmm. he has had a so far an electric career as a whole. And I look for more exciting moments out of Ellie De La Cruz, but that's why I got to give it to him. He is the most exciting shortstop in baseball right now. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Just to uh, say a different name, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves outfielder, outfielder uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. I little biased because I did get to watch him live, but this week he's been really consistent. Four runs, two stolen bases, and an RBI. I mean, he's just he's really putting it in for the Braves, keeping them in that top tier position. Yeah, absolutely. My player of the week, 
is Dominic Canzone from the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the reason I pick him is Dominic Canzone was called up by the Diamondbacks this week. He is a graduate of Walsh Jesuit High School right down the road where I do a lot of work. <laughs> and I thought it was really cool to see him get into the game. He walked and grounded out three times in the Diamondbacks, and they came back to win 3-2 to two in 10 innings. It was a great game to watch, and that is why I picked Dominic Kinzone because of the relevancy to our area and where I do a lot of my yeah, work. There you go. And before we head into break, we are going to push Hot Mike to the second hour. So if you haven't gotten your chance to get your questions in yet, do so now on our Twitter at WZIP Sports. Before we head into break, last thing I wanted to touch on. This is a very weird headline. The Chicago Cubs got their first win at Yankee Stadium ever. Ever. Dub for the Cubs. This week. Huge, huge Isn't that w. weird, though? Like, ever. They said it dates back to, like, the 1920s. I'm not even talking about the new Yankee Stadium. I'm talking about ever. Any, both Yankees Yankee franchise. Yes. I, I think I saw that it was the first time since they've been playing each other since I think it was like 1923. Mm-hmm. So for the first time ever, the Cubs beat the Yankees. Which is a dub, because when the Yankees lose, America wins. Absolutely. Guys, that's going to take us into our second break of the morning, heading into our second hour. Once again, Hot Mike will be right when we come back. If you haven't gotten your questions in, head over to our Twitter at WZIP Sports. Get your questions in. They will be answered live on here when we come back right here on Z88. Welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. It's WZIP's Sports Power Talk right here on Z88. Once again, I am your host, Logan Conger. Joining me on the other side of the desk is Mr. Logan Buchanan. Ready to answer some questions. And Mr. Patrick Weber. My biggest flex is I have a better shooting percentage than Victor Wembanyama <laughs> right now. <laughs> and we will get to that, Patrick, as our next hour is all NBA talk, and it's stuff that you're not going to want to miss. We'll have a little bit of a GOAT debate in the sports segment of our show with a two guest analysts who came up to WZIP to check out the university. You won't want to miss that. But first, it is time for the best segment we have here on WZIP, and that is Hot Mike. And Hot Mike, if those of you don't know who it is, what it is, geez, words. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what it is, it is where you get your chance to speak on our show via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports, asking questions that we will answer live on air. And five of our seven questions today come in from Mr. Jake Murin, a goat. And Mr. Jake Murin, a goat, are you excited? Yes! Oh, he's excited. Can you guys hear him? He's very excited. We love Jake Murray Goat. And his first question comes in and says, threads or Twitter? For me, I haven't touched threads yet, so I can't have an opinion. I'll kick it to you guys first. Pat, I know you had an answer to this one for sure. I, I'm i going to be honest. It's kind of like a toss-up because I definitely still use Twitter more, but that's just because threads is still pretty new. So I, I'm going to be I think. Right now, I like Twitter more, but I can definitely see Threads taking Twitter's spot on my phone pretty soon. I don't see that. I don't even like Twitter. I really don't like using Twitter personally, so I both of them I'm not a fan of. I just don't think that Threads takes over a platform like Twitter. It definitely rivals it, for sure. But the way my friend Zach phrased this to me last night, he said, Threads? Actually, he stole it from Dan Groen. Dan Groen said it first, and Zach replied with it. Threads emulates your Instagram 
profile. For me personally, my Instagram is where I like that's like my life. That's yeah. like if you go over to my Twitter, it's nothing but sports, nothing but takes and arguments. It's a whole different vibe. So I think threads and Twitter are two completely different things. But I'm, I'd probably stick with Twitter for now if it was me. Jake Marina Goat's next question comes in is, have you been watching the Summer League? Oh, yes, we have, Jake Marina Goat. And you <laughs> will not want to miss this upcoming segment where we speak on the Summer League because we have some very hot opinions, as I found out during the break. Jake Marina Goat's next question is, do you know any famous people? So... I don't know if this counts, but I am mutual friends with somebody on TikTok that has 50,000 followers. Oh, So, sweet. I mean, that's kind of famous, right? Like, yeah. I, uh, ooh, well, I gotta, I really gotta think. Well, I mean, I know Coach, I know our uh, head basketball coach up here, Coach John Gross. <laughs> I mean, we all know an NBA player, so technically. <laughs> well, for now. <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> um, geez, I don't really think. I personally know any celebrities. Uh, I have met Josh Gates, if any of you have ever seen Expedition Unknown. I have met him. He's pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, I don't really think I, like, know celebrities like that. Oh, I know Aiden Quinn. Oh. He's, he's somebody. He's a former University of Akron alum. Yeah. I know two. First one, I know Kajana Carter, former number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I did an interview with him on SBT Overtime about a little over a year ago. Go check it out if you haven't. It's pinned on my Twitter. And the other one that I know, you won't know the name, but it's a TikTok guy, but you will recognize all of his jobs, and that is Tim Sinclair. He's the PA announcer for the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago Fire of the MLS. That's big. I got the chance to speak with him about announcing and stuff. He's a really cool guy, and he will be on SPT Overtime at some point soon. We are working on that. You won't want to miss it. So those would be my two famous people. Jake Mernigot's next question is, what is your album of the year so far? My album of the year has not come out yet, and that is Utopia. By Travis Scott. Uh, same, Man. same, but, Mon- but for the sake of, you know, we probably should pick an album, Pink Tape. Mm, that's Pink reasonable. Tape fire. I'm, I'm going to kind of, like, cheat a little bit. Mine is the Across the Spider-Verse soundtrack. That's a good one. That I was mean, also a really good one. It's, okay, real quick, in your opinion, is that better or worse than Black Panther? I, oh, oh. Because I have nah, Pen- you, you can't. No, I, I, one of one of my friends tried to tell me. He's like, "Oh yeah, this one's way better." And I was like, "Here's the thing. Nah, it's the, really the new, the new Spider Verse. The new Spider Verse album is good, but I don't even think it's as good as the first Spider Verse. See, I haven't had yes, enough time with it. The Spider Verse, the first one, I had. We've had so much years with it. I mean, you had guys like Post, Swally, and uh, Juice World on it. This one, we have a lot of Metro and some other good artists, but I haven't been able to digest it. It's only been a few months, so I, I'm pretty much going to need a year to give a full judgment whether it's better or not than the first movie. That's fair. My, If I have to pick one that is out now, Business is Business, Young Thug oh, is mine. I respect it. There you go. I really, I really like that album. Jake Marina Goat's last question comes in. It says, first player that comes to mind when I say Los Angeles Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw. Oh, okay. I thought this was going to be a straight. Murphy Betts. The, oh, really? Who's Jackie it? Robinson? That was the Brooklyn Dodgers. The Bro- doesn't oh, matter. It's the same thing. Yeah, I see his point. I know. I, I, I see. I see that point. But like, but like my thing is, if you say like Dodgers, I go down like the list. But like the first immediate player to my mind is like, oh, Mookie Betts. Wow. Mm-hmm. But but now but now if you're like the Brooklyn Dodgers, well, just, then I'm like, oh yeah, Jackie. I just Robinson. think Dodgers. 
Yeah, I mean, no, Jackie Robinson. I think Jackie Robinson. I think the Dodgers too. I'm just saying that, like, I think okay. like Mookie Betts is the first thing. Just like, that's just because like Mookie Betts has been on the Dodgers since forever. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. reasonable. I uh, yeah, I would. I'd go with Clayton Kershaw. Comes to mind first for me, but good pick, LB. That was I wouldn't have yeah, thought of w, that one. W, w pick. I just, our next two questions come in from Zachary Stratton. His first question is, Guardians are back above 500 for the first time since April. Can they keep their heads above water? Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, terrible I, division. I don't think they drop below the second. No. We are making the playoffs again this year. Don't worry. Minimum. Minimum we're mm. making the playoffs. Yeah. I would say definitely. Number two from Zachary Stratton is, with the NBA, NBA Summer League underway, who are some young players you are excited to see in action? I'm going to defer this because we're definitely going to talk mm-hmm. about a lot of these young players. And our last question comes in from Pat Weber, who is Whoa. sitting right here. <laughs> I don't know why Pat Weber asked the question and he's sitting right well, here, but you okay, know what, Pat? To be, fair, to, to be fair, I asked the question before I I uh, volunteered to come on. I'll so. give it to you. You know what, Pat? We'll give it to <laughs> it you. It was what, a few days What ago. TV shows are y'all referring to himself watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to let, let you two answer it first. Um, currently, currently, I'm re-watching Suits because it just came on Netflix. So That's fair. Oh, man. I'm a... Uh, I don't... I haven't really watched a show in a minute. I just finished the fourth season of All American. Oh, there you go. That's, which that's clown me all you want. People say that show was either really good or really bad, and I really love it. Some people say it's cheesy. I really like it. I think it's good, but I don't know entirely how it's going to continue after. Th- I'm not going to say anything for those who haven't watched it, but I don't entirely know how you continue the story. <laughs> that's that's fair. I say the reason I kind of put this on is because when Threads came out, well, like one of my first posts was just like what I'm watching. I'm having a great time trying to balance One Piece. Mm. The Boys and Game of Thrones at the same time. Now, have, you, have you ever watched The Boys? Or I've, not, I've never watched Where The Boys you? before. I just started season three last night. Go. I, it, I will be honest. I'm really excited to like finish it, but I also heard that uh, apparently for season four, like the producers came out and said, like, hey, what we're going to be putting on television is like the boundary. Mm-hmm. If we go past this, I'm, we will not be allowed to put this on television. I'm telling you right now, Patrick, with these, it, every with the boys, every season just gets better and better and better. See, and that's the thing. I like the boys. It's it's a good short show, but the thing that I've decided to just like not bless myself with is Game of Thrones mm. and One Piece at the same time. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, like <laughs> Game of Thrones is what, about like 16 seasons, I want to say? It's a long show, and One Piece is the world's longest anime. It's over 1,100 episodes. I'm on episode 82. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, man. That's going to do it for Hot Mike. It's time to move in to NBA Summer League Talk, starting off with probably the most heated debate we're going to have here in a second. Actually, this isn't heated. This is all heated in agreement, I would say. Victor Wembanyama's much an- <laughs> much anticipated debut with the San Antonio Spurs. Let me read you the stat line. 27 minutes, 2 for 13, 1 for 6 from 3, 8 boards, 3 assists, 4 fouls, and 9 points. And on the other side, the number 2 overall pick, Brandon Miller, 31 minutes, 5 for 15, 3 for 10 from 3, 11 boards, 5 fouls, and 16 points. But let's focus on Wembenyama first because I am not impressed. The lights are too bright for the young player. I said, I have said for two weeks now, two weeks, not two weeks, I meant months, 
two months that Victor Wembanyama is either going to flourish or flounder. And so far, he has absolutely floundered. Y'all have seen the video of him trying to make shots for the commercial, right? And he just missed mm-hmm. and missed and missed. Then we see him in an actual game, and he missed and missed and missed. <laughs> I'm sick of all the Victor Wembanyama hype because all it's doing is having it's digging him a deeper and deeper grave. Let's be honest. I feel like it's a when Wemby turns out to be a bust. I would argue he goes on as in history as the biggest bust of all time. It would have to be. I would say he would outweigh Anthony Bennett if, as if, the biggest bust ever. And I, I said this Ooh. right when... You mean already? No, I'm saying... He's I'm saying, saying he's like, on his way. He, he, like, oh, if, if this, if this doesn't work out... If this doesn't work out, right? Like, I'm saying, like, Wemby just doesn't do anything. I do not agree with Jake Murray to go very much, but he did just tweet chill. It's just the summer league. Yes, you're correct. His oh, performance was terrible, it's but... The, it's I'm the not summer calling, I'm not willing to call him a bust after one game in the summer. I'm not saying he's a bust, but it is it is the summer league where he's facing people who sometimes don't even play in the NBA. What AI happens, generated What NPCs. happens when he goes up against starters? When he goes up against pros who've been playing for how many years now? Who've won championships? He's going to show exactly what he's made of. And if he somehow turns out to be better against the pros, good on him. He's just 100%. not big enough. And, like, by big enough, I don't mean height-wise because he's Bill. definitely Bill. tall enough. You know what I mean? But if you are a center in the NBA, you have got to be physical, and he's not. I s- I'm sorry, but, like, I know I hyped him up in last week's show because he legitimately is, like, he's going to be the number one overall pick. Like, that is just point, period, end of it. Because he looks like he's supposed to be this unicorn of a player, right? Well, then I thought about it, and I was like, we said the same thing about Kristaps Porzingis. Mm-hmm. We said the same thing about Bol Bol. Mm-hmm. We've said the same thing about uh, Chet Holmgren. Now I know Chet didn't play, but still, it's like we've said this. We've said the exact same thing about all of these players, and like none of them have succeeded. And what did I say? Like Kristaps is the most notable player that I can say Pingus, has succeeded. Pingus, Pingus. But dude, he like he at least improved himself to where he's not a stick anymore. Like That's, he definitely has muscle now. During uh, the show with me, Congrove, and uh, Abby, legitimately, unless he does something to better his physique, which he has said in interviews that he doesn't need to do, he is going to flounder and get injured. And the second this man gets injured is the second his career goes down the drain. Because as a big man, the second – and it's going to be a leg injury. It's going to be a leg injury. If, if, if he was – here's my thing. With the way that he's built, at least, if he was to play the three, he'd be fine. Because in that aspect, I'd be like, okay, he's just like a Kevin Durant. But he can't. But he can't because he's too tall. He's seven no, foot five. he can play the three. <laughs> but what do you do when you're facing off against Jokic and Bede? Rudy, they, they might have to move him to the three. If I'm being honest with you, because him playing at an actual like five, it's four or five right it's now, not gonna it's work. not going to work. And I don't know how you, I don't know how you improve that, especially when there are guys on your team right now who are playing better. One of their guards, uh, I'm lost his I know name. You're talking about Branham, Branham, Malachi Branham. Yep. He is doing we'll better than the number one overall pick. And he's he's a rook. I think he got picked up I last think, year. I think it's a story of every year, though. You can't. I'm sorry, but you cannot hype up a prospect to be better than LeBron James. That's and a expect bad, about, that's, and expect to get out. Bad comparison because, because you have look at Zion with with that's a what I'm ceiling. Like, look, look at Zion. Like look at Wemby. Everyone's like, oh, these are these this like People crazy talent. I'm like, dude, he's bold. There will never be another LeBron. Just like. 
there will never be another Michael Jordan. I also, LeBron and Michael Jordan are not the same player. No, There will never not, be another Jordan. Not. There will never be another LeBron. And you can't compare somebody like Wemby to LeBron. They are not even close to the same type of player. No. And I, and I think at the end of the day, what it kind of boils down to with the hype factor and everything, dude, it's social media. Like the other day I was on TikTok and this video came up and I had never heard of this guy's name. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember it. But they were like... This guy's the greatest high school prospect ever because he had a 42-point game. And then I was like, I was like, first of all, watch your mouth. Greatest high school prospect ever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even a LeBron fan. But watch what you're saying and because LeBron, James, you have to get through LeBron and Kobe. Yeah. Both. The worst thing about beforehand. The worst thing about setting expectations, if you have a prospect, the like, quote unquote, the likes of LeBron. That doubles how low his floor is. Because if you just had someone walk into the league, their ceiling and their floor are pretty standard. You raise the ceiling, it doubles the floor. If Wemby doesn't live up to half the player LeBron was... He's going to be considered a bust. He's going to be considered a bust. I don't even know if he plays in the NBA. Because people are going to look at him like, oh, but he was supposed to be the next LeBron. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you can always go to the Houston Rockets because they love giving really bad contracts to people. <laughs> <laughs> when when his career doesn't pan out, at least at least you know the Rockets will probably give him like a max contract <laughs> or you know a four year, eighty million dollar contract. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from my from my <laughs> hate after this next statement because I've been saying it. I said it. When we first started talking about the draft uh, behind the scenes and in actual uh, SPT, that Scoot Henderson has a better likelihood of succeeding in the NBA than Victor. Victor has a higher ceiling than Scoot, but when it comes to likeliness to succeed, Scoot Henderson, I would rather. Scoot, I thought Scoot was the most NBA ready player. Scoot Henderson would have gone number one overall in any draft in the past five years, if except this one because and, of Wemby, and, th- and that's been going on with sports this year as a whole where like all these draft classes it's like you have these top two prospects that are like freakishly good but the number two should be going number one well any other year it's just that this year wasn't even the number two prospect he wasn't even the number two brandon miller is number two listen the hornets are just the hornets for doing that and the worst (laughs) thing the worst thing brandon miller is an is a decent player, has so much controversy around him. Victor was quoted as being a great player, and he's already in controversy with the TMZ Britney Spears. It wasn't him, it was the security guard, but still, he is already in controversy in his... Yeah, but that's not him. That's, that's, I understand. That's literally not his fault. I know there's controversy, but like I don't know why people are acting like it's his fault. His security was being I security. Understand. No, I 100% agree with you, but the fact that he's even in TMZ... This early on in his career is a problem. Is a problem. I Scoot think that's Henderson. what's magnified how bad his performance was. Honestly, because I, people I were watching because more more people were watching than normal. Like even though, regardless of the fact that like his debut game was going to probably be one of the most watched summer league games of all time. Either well, way, well, if your if your ceiling is LeBron James, it doesn't matter how many eyes are on you. You better perform, and he didn't. He did not. You know who performed? Scoot Henderson. He performed. Scoot Henderson's performed so well that the Blazers are going to sit him now because they, they've seen enough. He's sitting, I think, for a couple games because there's no point. No. He, he's already proved. That, he's that's how you know that Portland, they've found themselves the replacement for Damian I've noticed. Miller. Absolutely. I've noticed that NBA teams will play their first-round picks until they have seen enough, and they're like, okay, no point in playing them anymore. Yep. I see Wemby playing this entire summer league. Yeah, he's not going to be able to prove himself. And that's the problem. Yeah, he he's won't not be able to prove himself. himself. Wemby, I'm telling you right now, the most notable thing he did was get dunked on. 
Yeah, he got posterized. If, if we're being honest, he got, that, that's the most notable thing he did. How do you get posterized? If you're the, the size of Wembenyama and you get posterized, you're playing the wrong game. You are doing <laughs> something wrong. I just think it's it's like, okay, if you're a rookie, you're going to have, like, every rookie has their welcome to the NBA moment, but if you're the number one overall pick and your welcome to the NBA moment happens in your first summer league game, that's an issue. I, I That's an issue. I'm telling you right now, mark my words, I don't want to see Wembenyama fail. I don't want to see him be a bust. But, but he probably will be. He has less likelihood of succeeding in the NBA unless something big happens or he changes his mindset and listens to coaches and listens to people who say you need a better build yeah yeah absolutely and before we let's move on from victor Wembanyama a little bit let's give the guy a rest after what we just said about him let's move to another guy that i mentioned before brandon miller also not performing for the hornets he has i think he has like close to 20 fouls already i think it's like first game he had like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And well, you're saying Brandon, like he wasn't a bad pick. He w- he was a smart pick for the Hornets because the Hornets have no nope. big men. I would have definitely taken Scoot. Over I would have taken a Scoot. No, so no, so if if you look at it, uh, no, I'm saying that no, I I would, but from an organizational standpoint that the Hornets are in, where you already have a star guard. It's like, why would you double up on guards if there's a decent big man there? Like, from an organizational standpoint. I just can't. I would have taken Scoot Henderson, too, but I'm just saying that, like, seeing it through how they did, I, I understand the big pick. guys who were who you could have replaced him with. I think there were other big guys that could have gone before Brandon. Well, it's also the Charlotte Hornets, and, like, no. <laughs> it's just their organization is horrible. Yeah, Brandon Miller definitely struggling early on. Um I definitely want to touch on this guy, and that is the Cavaliers' second-round pick, Mr. Imani Bates. <sighs> I am. Table. I really don't like admitting this. I am on the Imani Bates no, hype train for the Cavs. Stop. I think Imani Bates is the steal of this draft. No, the no. steal of the draft. Imani Bates is the steal. Of, this Stuart is a guy. Is this is a guy draft. that before he transferred to Eastern Michigan was projected to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. But then what did he do? Transferred he... to a smaller school and lost attention. Yeah. Also, okay. also, to the he, Cavs. He also outperformed the number one overall pick. in Imani, you know what, Pat? I actually, you told me prior to the show that you have a list of reasons you don't like Imani Bates. Please give me the radio-appropriate version of this list. <laughs> so, number one, so like my, my, number one, my number one thing is he has a very, very short wingspan for being as tall as he is. Which, don't get me wrong, I feel like it's not an issue, but it's also like if you're a three of that size, like I'm going to need you to it's a step in a little bit defensive. It's a reasonable like, Because he's not that great defensively. Mm-hmm. He's not great when it comes to trying to crash the boards. He's an average shooter at best. Average shooter at best. And my thing is like, we okay, he did average, what, almost 20 points a game mm-hmm. in the MAC, right? That's fine and all, but when the the two games that you played against the University of Akron Zips, in both games, I think he had a combined total of less than 15 points across both of those games. And honestly speaking, like, outside of us, there are not many other teams in the MAC that have talent like we have talent on our team, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just looking, and I was like, you played the most talented team in the MAC <clears throat> two times, and both times you shot... I think his the most the 
maximum amount of shots he made in one of those games was like three. He's just not – he's overall – I just don't think he's a very good offensive player. Now, again, you know, the, those two games could have just been his isolated bad games that just happened to fall on the nights that we played, mm-hmm. right? I just don't like what I've seen out of him so far. I'm just not confident enough in okay. him, and I, I just don't like the fact that me personally, it's like there were better players in my mind that were available at that time. Do you, for I just, Cleveland? I think he was a good fit for Cleveland. Not for this is a great pick, Pat. You can't no, change he's my not. Mind. It's not in a the good second pick. round. It's literally a win-win. You can't lose. You either wasted nothing on a second-round pick, or he's great. I just don't understand why. Like I, I, I can tell you wrong. I think that the pick for it being how it is set up, where it's a, where it's literally like we get we gain nothing out of this if it goes wrong. If it goes right, well then, yeah, we could probably just brag. We also don't lose anything. We also don't lose anything if it goes right. I just don't. I just don't think he's. I don't think he was a. Who would you? Okay, Pat. Amani Bates is sitting on the board at that point. Who do you take instead of him in the second round? That provides more of an upside than a guy that was projected to be the number one overall pick at one point. Yeah, dead. Quiet, I don't. I don't even know. Quiet. I didn't even have us keeping that draft pick going into this year. When we did like all of our mm-hmm. mocks, I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we're gonna get rid of it because we don't. I don't think we need him. We yeah, don't need him." But and what I, if he I also, turns out to be a great addition? Well, that's fine. I'm still not gonna like him. Wow, I, <laughs> I don't think he was a good hate. pick. I just don't think he was that. Do good. Do you not think he's a good pick just because he was annoying when he played at Eastern Michigan, or do you do you no, genuinely just, think that he's not a good pick? I genuinely, I just don't see anything. And also because um, when, when he was drafted, and we were talking in our group chat about. Let's look at the pros and cons here. And I was reading through the tweets of, like, his entire report. I'm like, I shouldn't be scrolling for all of his cons. Like, that's not a good thing to have, especially for somebody who was supposed to be the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. There's a reason it didn't work out. There's a reason that, like, he didn't even succeed at Eastern Michigan. We've also seen draft picks get pros and conned, and their pros definitely do not match how they actually play. And some players who cons... They just go away once they hit the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then dude, he had a he had a very like average. I wouldn't even say average. He like for for how much hype Imani Bates has been getting from Cavs fans, he underperformed. Underperformed huh? when he outperformed the number one and two overall picks. You're Pat, ridiculous. Pick. You're ridiculous, Pat. You are just you're a hater. You're just nothing. a hater. You, no, you, I I will admit no. I am an Imani Bates hater. I don't like him. Oh man, Pat, he's a second round pick. It's literally impossible to underperform as a late second round pick. With how much hype that we have been giving him, I just don't understand why everyone's so like hyped for him. It, oh my I, goodness, I don't see it. But he can prove good. me wrong. I am more than willing to say, like, I will let him prove me wrong. But until He's he does, to. okay, then let him do it. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it when I'm wrong. I cannot wait. Well, but for now, you're already wrong. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, I know you don't have your headphones on, but I've been hitting the wrong answer button for the past two minutes. <laughs> Guys, that's going to take us into our final break of the show. We're going to still talk some NBA right when we come back. You're not going to want to miss it. A couple headlines we're going to get into. We're going to get into a little bit of a GOAT discussion with two guest analysts that I will introduce when it's time. Stick with us right here on Z88.
Welcome back to the final segment of this afternoon's Sports Power Talk on this fine Sunday here at the University of Akron. You're listening to Z88's Sports Power Talk. Once again, I'm your host, Logan Congrove. Joining me on the other side of the desk is Imani Bates hater, Mr. Patrick Weber. <laughs> I still, like, listen. Dude, we're not doing this. We're not doing this again. We're Patrick. not. We're, yeah, no. I'll, I'll save the, uh, the ranting for another part of this segment. <laughs> oh, Pat. <laughs> and on the other side, it's Mr. Logan Buchanan, who is more sensible when it comes to the NBA talk. Yeah, unless it's what? women. Young. Whoa, okay. Listen, I don't want to hear. T- okay, hold on. Just because of my takes about Amani Bates, is, is that what's yes. getting me the? And yes, that's it. Dumb Clippers takes all. What dumb Clippers? What dumb Clippers takes have I had? What? Okay. Listen, you know what? I can't. You know what? I can't even do. That okay, okay. I'm, okay. I'm the worst <laughs> with that, so I can't do it. Do you think it. his Amani Bates take is worse than? Abby's uh, Trey Young no, bus take. I'm sorry, Abby. <laughs> no, if you're listening, listen. that was probably the worst take I've ever I, heard on Sports Power. Listen, talk in my that, that that was a great and show. Abby I love a fantastic analyst. Don't get me wrong. But I, I love the worst takes. I loved I loved tuning in and listening to that because I was listening to it when I was writing home. Abby, it's all love. We're just messing with you. Bro. That was a pretty bad take. If you're listening, I'm sorry, but. Trey, Trey Young is okay. You know what? We're not even gonna get into I'm not that. gonna. I'm not gonna clown her. We already did it. We already did it, and I did a tour in person too. So that's enough of the Abby Coley clowning. Abby, we're happy to have you here at WZIP. Don't don't get it twisted. But hey, we have a lot to talk about in this final segment. Starting off with my Miami Heat possibly getting Damian Lillard, but this is more focused on Damian Lillard's side of this discussion. Damian Lillard has stated multiple times he will only play for the Miami Heat, and if he is traded anywhere else that his agent has stated, he is, quote, will be trading for an unhappy player, and he straight up will not report for any other team. All I ask is, what does this mean for the league? Are the players fully in control now? Because I'm a Heat fan, and I'll be fully honest with you, this is blasphemous this entire situation i'm a heat fan and i want damian lillard and i'm like bro this is blasphemous the way he's handling this at least he's being honest about it we've seen players do this just they didn't actually come out and say that they actually want to play for a different team they want to play for a certain team they kind of hit it dame's actually coming out here and saying it and i mean if you're damian lillard personally not the biggest Dame fan. I think he hasn't done a whole bunch. But looking at his team, he's the best they got. So I think the they might have to actually bend the knee to him. And most teams should be bending the knee to their star so, player. But do you think these players that are under contract with these teams, I don't care how loyal you are to a team, should NBA teams feel obligated to do right to these players? Because I don't think so. If Dame wanted to go wherever he wanted, he should not have signed the extension with Portland. And this is coming from a Heat fan that wants him on my roster. If Dame Dame wanted to leave the Blazers, he should not have signed a contract extension. All you do by signing that contract extension is saying, I'm here. Mm -hmm. So guess what, Dame? Wherever the Blazers want to trade you, they can. Luckily, they're trying to be nice to you, and you're making it kind of difficult for them. Mm -hmm. I mean... To be honest, it's lessening his stock. It makes him look like a baby. <laughs> a prima donna. It it does. And I mean, at the end of the day, what you have to realize is even though you are a professional athlete and you are getting paid to do this, the NBA is a business. Mm-hmm. Like, it's your job. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I'm sorry, but like, if you're going to get traded somewhere, like, yeah, you can have a preference. 
of where they can probably like we're like you know be like hey like I want to go to Miami a little bit more than anywhere else that's oh, offered. So everybody so. in the league, it's nice okay. weather. Okay. But you know like if I'm but if you're traded to L.A., it's like oh well you know oh well you know. You try whatever, to make yeah. You, you just got to try to make the best of it. it at the I, end of the day, because if you don't like playing there in two or three years, you can just demand a trade again. I also trade think you. Dame is a little bit too big for his britches. He's not exactly. No, here's the thing. He's he's one of the better athletes that the NBA has seen. He has just been on. I would argue to say one of the most poorly run organizations in the NBA. But I don't think he has the right to be calling the shots. He no. doesn't. If you if you're there, there's, even, there are two players in the league that can be calling the shots. I was just about to say, if you're LeBron James, you can call the shots. If you're Steph Curry, Bingo. I'm the biggest Warriors fan there is. But if Steph Curry said, hey, I want to go play for the Washington Wizards, yeah, here you go. We're going to make it happen if I'm... Uh, Bring back Jordan Poole. <laughs> Man, he looks horrified to be there. He's so mad. He's so mad. <laughs> well, let's not get off topic. I miss Poole. <laughs> but unless you're those two or... Maybe Kevin Durant, Giannis, yeah, Giannis, maybe. But you have to be like an outstanding. Like you have to be like Giannis. You Jokic. have to. You have to have been there for that team. You have. Well, have oh, oh, well and well, no. Here's the thing. Dame has definitely been there for that. But he team. hasn't done anything for the team. Well, they haven't done anything to really help him. Oh, that's a big problem. Yeah, I agree. But, but he still doesn't. He still should not be trying to call this the is, shots. Like it this. is not. He's not him. He is not him. He's not LeBron. You are not him. <laughs> <laughs> you are not him. Yeah, I, as a Heat fan, I'd love to have the guy, but I think the way he's handling this situation is kind of preposterous. It's not big. They don't baby. have to do right by you. They, they're trying, which is awesome, but they don't have to. So let's say, Damian Lord, I heard some other destinations, what are the Jazz, the Timberwolves, the Celtics? Say the tim- say they trade him to the Timberwolves. <laughs> say Damian Lillard gets traded to what? the Timberwolves. Like, who are they going to get many, in return? Too many. What are you going to get, Rudy Gobert? Well, not even forget the team. I'm just saying, trade him to a, another small market team that has no chance to win an NBA title. Yeah. And you're Damian. You get there. How? Wh- why would the Timberwolves want to even take that risk of him showing up saying, I- "I'm not playing for this team"? And yeah. you just gave up the farm to get him. They yeah. already they already kind of went through that with Jimmy Butler. Before Jimmy went to the Heat, mm-hmm. before Jimmy back was. back when Jimmy was in his villain, in I his mean, villain arc, he... <laughs> I love Jimmy. <laughs> you love? I really do. He's the goat. Timberwolves fans used to be saying that, <laughs> not anymore. Yo, Jimmy, no hate on Jimmy. I Come mean, on, guys. if he goes to the Timberwolves, I think that's too many egos for one team because you would have him and Cat on the same. Oh, and Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert. My, you want to talk about like a really toxic chemistry that would building be up awful. there? Yeah, I awful. would. That, that'd be like the Houston, like uh, when the University of Houston played that, mm-hmm. uh, and or one of the games in <clears throat> last fall, and their receivers started fist fighting on the yeah. sidelines. That that that'd be like them, but just like yeah. NBA level. I kind of don't <laughs> want Dame to go to the Heat. I'm not going to I do want him to go to the Heat. I, love, I think, I think it's the best fit. I would love to see him on the Heat, but we already lost Gabe Vincent. We already lost Max Struess. The asking price for Dame is very high. I'm less interested in the trade than I once was, to be honest with you. I do think, no matter what, if Damian Miller ends up on the Heat, they will be good and it'll be a good fit. Mm-hmm. But... The asking price is a little bit much for me, especially and, with and losing guys like Struz and Gabe Vincent. 
And you got and, and you gave and Oladipo. I forgot about Oladipo. Traded Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, his production for the Heat wasn't much, but but I mean, still, it's still you know, a loss. And, and, it's another guy we don't have. Yeah, but say, if Oladipo the, still, he can still give you like twelve price, points tonight. Remind you, the asking price is apparently four first round picks and at least two like above average players in return. I don't think the Heat don't have four first round picks, and the Heat don't have two above average players that they can give up. Players that you would have been able to give up would be Tyler Hero or Oladipo. They don't want Tyler Hero, and that's a problem. Because take if they really don't want him, then you don't have anybody. So who who do they want then? Like probably Bam or Butler, and And neither one are going to be given up. The only reason he is Dame has said specifically he wants to play with Bam, Mm -hmm. so they're not going to give him Bam. That's the whole reason he wants. And if you give up Jimmy Butler in return for Damian Lillard, then you are. I'm sorry. If if that happened in like some bizarre universe, the Heat would be the most L organization ever. I would rescind my fandom. Is there a possibility? Oh, I would too, because there's there's no way you can just stab Jimmy Butler in the back like they won't. I don't even know why. Is there a possibility for a three team trade? There is. It's just I don't know what teams would be willing to hop in on that. Somebody is, else is going to have to take Tyler Hero. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And I, these I don't two, know where else he'd be a good two fit. serviceable players are going to have to come from another team. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, honestly, it's if, from if you're thinking, I mean, you could do a three-man between Utah, Portland, and Miami because then you could send Colin Sexton or somebody to Portland because the Jazz have been very open with trying to yeah. ship off Colin Sexton, so send Sexton to Portland. Does, I wonder, that fills in for the point guard slot there. Does the Jazz have any uh, first rounds? The Jazz... I think they actually are kind of loaded on picks right now. So They're they very could, loaded. They could supplement the picks if we can supplement some at least Did you one say guy. we? Uh-oh. I did. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. I've done it. Uh-oh. I have done it. I was sitting behind the heat. Oh, beautiful! Well, yeah, I w- no. Adam, that's the crazy. No, that's crazy. The train. He said we. Absolutely, he said we. No, I, did say the train. We. no. I, did say I can't. We. I can't. Believe I was putting <laughs> myself in the feet of the Miami, Miami Heat. Okay, so guys, this is actually going to be our around the Rue question on Twitter. For those of you who don't know what around the Rue is, it is a question that we post to you on Twitter each week. And this week's question is: Should franchises be loyal to their players' demands when asking for a change of scenery? You've heard our thoughts. Now give us yours. This will be up on Twitter immediately following today's show, guys. Let's transition a little bit away from Damian Miller and talk about the NBA in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. But hey, why let me explain it? I'll let Richard Jefferson explain it. And this audio is courtesy of the National Basketball Association and ESPN in association. Here is Richard Jefferson talking about the NBA's new in-season tournament. Everybody, the NBA first ever in-season tournament is now official. But how does it work? Like this. First up is group play. All 30 teams will be split into six groups. Three from the east, three from the west. With a random draw based on last year's regular season records. Each team in a group plays each other one time. A total of four games. Two at home, two on the road. Now those games happen Tuesdays and Fridays in November, so set your calendar. Basically, these regular season NBA games also count as tournament games. Now... In each group, the team with the best group play record after those four games, they're moving on. The team with the next best record in each conference, those two are the wild cards. Always watch out for the wild cards. Now, we get to the knockout round. Eight teams, single elimination, and you know what that means. Win and move on or lose and you're out. And the last four teams standing, guess what? You're headed to Vegas, baby. That's right. 
in Las Vegas. The semifinal battles will get us to the championship game on December 9th. Two teams in a winner-take-all final to be named champion and be awarded the first-ever NBA Cup. Come on now. Look, there's a lot to look forward to this season. Players on new teams, rookies new to the league, and teams just looking to make some noise. And the NBA in-season tournament is going to be a can't-miss, must-see, high-stakes, high-level competition. And if you're a hoops head just like me, I promise you, you're going to love it. Again, that audio is courtesy of the National Basketball Association and in association ESPN. Guys, after hearing from Richard Jefferson explaining the new NBA in-season tournament, what are your thoughts? I don't like it. What? I don't no, here's, what? I, I here's, don't here's why. The league already struggles enough with trying to keep star players healthy because of the length of their season, and you're adding more basketball. No, it's the same amount of basketball. I just don't understand why you would want to have this. What, I what's actually, the point? I think it's really good. I mean, it gives you something to strive for normally, at the beginning of the season. Well, normally tournaments like that are held for, like, collegiate-level sports. Mm-hmm. I just think it's or dumb. Or soccer. Yeah. Like when you have, like, over in England, when you have the Carabao Cup or I the... Think, I think this something. is really smart because you get a lot of teams... When I've been watching, a lot of teams early on don't play as hard as they do towards the end of the season. So now you give but, them something to fight for. So, But what what do you gain by winning the NBA Cup? Like, here, here's, here's my thing, is when... Again, I'm going to kind of flip this over to, like, when you talk about, like, soccer or something, mm-hmm. right? When you're an English team and you're playing in the Carabao Cup, that's all the teams in England, mm-hmm. right? So that's you're playing for something because you could have, like, a League 2 team mm-hmm. like MK Dons or somebody <clears throat> win the entire Cup. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But in the NBA, it's like, okay, like, it's just the 30 teams that we see all the time anyway. I just don't see it. It's, it's like, yeah, you can win something, but, like, I don't want to be that guy, but it's like, who who cares? I, who I, really cares about that? You know that because this is all new, too. You know people are going to start soon. Oh, well, say, say, I don't know, say the Bucks win the, the NBA in-season cup. Oh, Giannis Antetokounmpo has more NBA Cups than LeBron. Than LeBron James. How does this affect LeBron's legacy? Yeah, but I think we all agree that those people would be dumb. They wouldn't be correct. Dumber but than this tournament? It, no, it gives us it gives them something understand. to do. And I'm really actually if, a fan if, of if these you're like a ma- like if but if you're okay, here's the thing. If you're a team like the Magic, I get it, right? But the thing is it's like for an NBA team, like now it, it'd be different if this was if this was something where it's like the G League's playing in it too. I'd be like, okay, I kind of mm-hmm. like it because now it like it gives you a reason to play. Because I'm going to be honest, there are some G League teams that I am confident would be able to beat some NBA teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that'd be kind of cool because then you'd be I'm, able to see some upsets like that. But and especially if they're basing it off of how their record went, I don't want to watch like De- like Detroit play. Orlando or something like see, I don't, I don't want to see these low teams face off against each other. See, I'm actually really excited about the groups, especially uh, if you look at the Eastern Conference Group B. We're getting two rematches, playoff rematches with Miami Heat, Knicks, Bucks, uh, Heat. Those are two rematches right off the rip, confirmed in this group. And not only is this something that teams are going to want to like get, especially since it's the first ever won you want to be that team but i mean logan we've talked about how a guy like jimmy butler doesn't really start playing towards the end of the season or the playoffs this gives him a reason to start playing but early for on 
it's another accolade. It's another thing. It's a cool little tournament. It's, for me, it reminds me of the All-Star Weekend, how it's a nice another thing, not just games, not just regular season games. a team games. that's fighting for an NBA championship, who cares about this? Why would you care? Again, this is, this is something to me that is just like the Carabao Cup or something. It's like if you're a good team, you're not going to care about this. And I'm this sorry. This is like winning the Summer League. It means and, nothing, and I don't. I'm going to be honest. Don't I don't want to watch. I don't want. I don't want to watch like the this, final like part of a tournament and have it be like, um, the Houston Rockets taking on the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I would well, not this, watch. This that. is giving. This is also, in my opinion, giving us previews of the playoffs. What happens if a team like the Houston Rockets show up and win the entire thing? You're going to sit there and go, hey, maybe they're going to actually do good in the playoffs. Whereas if it was a regular season game and they go on a run, are you going to be thinking, um, I don't really think they're going to win the playoffs, though. But that's the thing. Is it, but with the tournament, though, it's like you can win the tournament, but they might not be good. That's why like, I just don't understand the I don't think so. I, I, I disagree. I think it's a showcase of what could be happening later down in the season. Maybe. I don't know, though. Because you got to think that some of these playoff teams, like, down the road, the only, like, real issue I see with this is, like, down the road when it's going to be like, oh, let's match everybody up with whatever. Mm-hmm. It's You're going to end up getting some really bad matchups because there, it's mean, inevitable that we like, do, teams are going to end up getting worse. We do so. already see a bad matchup. I look at Group C in the Eastern Conference where the Celtics are facing off against the Nets, the Raptors, the Bulls. And the magic. Yeah, like how is Celtics that fair? Are winning. Like how, like how is that but fair? Then you have amazing matchups. I'm really excited for the one the Cavs are in against uh, the 76ers, the Hawks, and the Pacers. I think those are going to be great matchups. But with what implications? You don't know yet. I, yes, we do. There isn't any. I don't. I think you're wrong. I really do. I think this is this tournament is. You know, maybe this new accolade becomes something big. Maybe it doesn't. But what it's really going to prove is certain teams are going to show up, certain teams aren't, and it's going to be a preview of the playoffs. Okay. Well, yeah. I I just don't think it means much. Let's We'll leave it at that as we have some other things to get to before our show wraps up. But the NBA in-season tournament is here, and it's a thing now. Give us your thoughts on Twitter. What do you think about it? Tweet at us at WZIP Sports. Let us know your thoughts on the NBA in-season tournament. And before we get near the end of our show... I did mention that we have a little bit of a greatest of all time debate. This is something special we haven't done before. We have two guest analysts that I got the chance to speak with, and I do want to apologize. This was supposed to play before I went on vacation, and I dropped the ball. So here we are today, and I wanted to give the chance to Cherie and Keon, who came up to WZAP, came up to the University of Akron, to check it out, check up all the facilities and how great the University of Akron is. And I got to talk to them a little bit about who the greatest of all time, in their opinion, is. So here is Cherie and Keon talking about the greatest of all time. Who would you say the greatest basketball player of all time is? That's a hard question. Everyone has so many different opinions. Um, I feel like overall, if I had to name, like, just like a top three, like definitely Magic Johnson, um, definitely uh, just bringing amazement to the NBA back in the day. Um, and another one, definitely Kobe, um, one of the greatest on the Lakers and always will be, even with LeBron on the Lakers right now. And um, 
Especially, that's my top two. That's really wow. Top two. No LeBron and no Jordan. Um, oh, Michael Jordan, of course. It's <laughs> a number one. Yeah, Michael Jordan, uh, definitely. What I mean, do you think, Keon? Michael Jordan. I really didn't see him play, you know. So I would have to go LeBron because I seen him play. Uh, Kobe's good too. I uh, awesome. Um, he was probably the greatest like worth ethic. Like he was really just like above and beyond. So I'd probably say the greatest would be Kobe or LeBron. Either way, I'll lean towards LeBron, though. Okay. What about the greatest shooter of all time? Oh, Curry. Curry. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all come to that conclusion now. Yeah, he, There's no doubt about he broke the record. That was it right there. Just put everything in silence right there. That was Cherie and Keon, our future Zips, future WZIP sports members, came up to check out the studios and talk a little bit about some sports. Thank you so much for coming up and showing interest in WZIP, and we hope to see you here at the University of Akron in the future. Again, my apologies. That should have played before I left for vacation, and I dropped the ball, so I'm glad to hear you on these airwaves here today. Guys, what did you make of their picks? I I like them. I really liked uh, when... He said that he has to go with LeBron over Jordan because he watched him. I respect that a lot. My only gripe is, on honestly, Kobe's not in my top five. Ooh. I, I don't. I could name seven better players than Kobe. Sure, I, I agree with you. Don't worry. Don't worry about this, Logan. Yeah, I I love Kobe. I loved his game, but there are way better quote unquote goats. I would definitely put. Kobe in my in my list, Cherie. Don't listen to Logan B. Listen to Logan C <laughs> with the correct take, Cherie. You know I got you. Nah. Pat, what did you make? The only correct answer to who the GOAT is is LeBron James. So, that's... Listen, no, and this I, debate could go on so long. It, yeah, so the, we'll I mean, talk it's, about this it's, quickly. It's really, it's really the debate that just... Yeah. It, it, it will never end. It's, it, it's just like Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah. It's just like if you're trying to compare... Uh, actually, hockey's pretty easy. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like if you're trying to compare uh, Ovechkin or, or... Well, I'll put it this way, because Gretzky is the GOAT. But if you're trying to do, like, Ovechkin, Crosby, like... It's a debate that can go on for literal hours. My GOAT is Michael Jordan. But, I mean, I, I'll even list the seven guys right now. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul. This is not in order. Kareem Abdul, Will, Magic, Bill Russell. There's seven guys right there that are better than Kobe. Ooh. Well, Sheree and Keon, we really appreciate your input for WZIP Sports. And again, I hope to see you up here soon. You're welcome to come check out the studios anytime you'd like. Future Zips, we appreciate you so much. Let's move on to our next topic before we close out our show. And that is, of course, the Victor Wembanyama headline with Britney <laughs> Spears. Not on my bingo card for this NBA offseason, but I hate, actually, I don't hate to admit it. I'm going to defend Wemby on this one. Yeah. I actually, if you look closely at this TMZ video, which, dude, TMZ just finds everything. Mm-hmm. I, like, TMZ is one day going to find the videos of Wilt scoring 100 points. I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter that somebody, like, it was fake. footage from it was, Oh, it was it fake. Was, that was fake. It was, uh, oh, man. It was, uh, name I'm not allowed to say, sports. Oh, one. wait, yeah. I didn't even look to see if it was them. Was yes. it them? Yes, uh, it was I didn't even notice. Fake. But I... I don't think so that close, I like. think it was a reflex, and he did not. He went. He was doing slap. his job. Yes, because he, he didn't look. He didn't even. And, and it, that could have been anybody. And the reports are the reports right away was that he hit her. 
And I'm sorry, he barely swiped her hand. He, away. he like, listen, here's, here's my thing is, if this wasn't Britney Spears, we would be hearing nothing. Oh, no, because it would have just this. been a fan trying to touch Wemby. Exactly. And that's what it, it's still what it is. Yeah. Britney Spears, I'm sorry. This is in 2007. <laughs> Nobody cares about you anymore. Right. Stop trying to ruin, stop trying to taint the image of a young NBA player's career, even though I don't like Wemby that much. You know, stop trying to taint his career because your name isn't big enough anymore and you can try to get away with doing something like this. Yeah. It, it was it was his security doing his job. Like, he brushed your hand away because if you're not looking and you just see a hand, go for your client. A, a star, like, this is a star athlete we're talking about, right? It'd be like if anybody go. It's the same thing if you go to any other person. So I just, it's not that big of a deal, honestly. Like, just stop making it a big deal. Yeah, I absolutely agree. He was just doing his job, guys. One last thing before we get our final final thoughts: Kobe Bryant Legend Edition cover of NBA Two K Twenty Four dub. It's whatever. Massive Whoa. dub. Huh? It's I, whatever. He's just been on so many covers recently. It's whatever. It's I, okay, I get the twenty four. Why didn't Jordan get twenty three? Be- Bro, because Jordan, Jordan's actually. actually been on more covers than Kobe. I'm pretty sure. And, okay, that's I. I'm I like it when there's a younger guy on it. I like having Booker on it. I like having Luca. Yeah, I'm, but this is but this is Kobe Bryant. We're yeah, talking about. I just it could have been a Legend Edition or Deluxe Edition for all. I yeah, can. well, no, I like they, they could have done what they normally do, where they have like the Legend Edition, yeah. like a normal one. I'd been fine with that, but no, nah, dude. For two K twenty four, you have to do nah. it for Kobe. Even even if Kobe didn't. Like, even if what happened didn't happen, right? He still should have been on the cover for 2K24. should have been 23. That's my argument for that. Uh, it's a valid argument, but... Okay. Well, guys, any final thoughts before we get off the air? Uh, Women Yama is going to be a bust, and Scoot Henderson should have gone first overall. Patrick? Uh, as always, go Zips, go Steelers, <laughs> go Guardians, go Blue Jackets, go Arsenal. Uh, did I miss anybody? Oh, yeah, go Cavs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> except Imani uh, Bates. Except Imani Bates, yeah. Not the biggest fan. L.A. Clippers play Xavier Castaneda. Otherwise, I'm no longer going to be a fan of the team. <laughs> I'll sell my Kawhi jerseys. Uh, and shout out my mom and my dad. I know they're tuned in and listening today. And uh, I'm looking forward to going on vacation next week with my family. So. Absolutely. Guys, I like I always say, I like to end all of my shows as hosts with a quote. And this week's quote is, life has no remote. Get up and change it yourself. That quote is from Mark A. Cooper. Go make a difference in your lives. Guys, shout out Laney. I know you're at a wedding right now. So enjoy. It must be fun. I wish I was at a wedding right now. Those are a blast. But that's going to do it for this edition of Sports Power Talk on this fine Sunday afternoon. We talked a lot about the MLB, talked a lot about the NBA, the Summer League, and got to hear from some guest analysts. It has been a great show. Once again, I'm your host, Logan Congrove. We'll be right back here at the University of Akron next Sunday, same time, same place. Joining me once again was Logan Buchanan and Pat Weber, and we will see you next time right here on Sports Power Talk.